Hello, and welcome to the Wisdom and Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Carol Kowalczyk, the Medical Director for the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health. Thanks for joining us for today's topic, New Year, New Baby. So when people are always thinking about New Year's resolutions, you think of losing weight or getting exercise or getting a new job. But guess what? There's some New Year's resolutions for a lot of people is to start that family. So what I'm going to do in this podcast today is give you some insights about what to do when you're preparing for having a baby and you know how to be as healthy as you possibly can in that journey for having that family. So First of all, it's I would give you the advice about timing. Now, if you haven't tried having a baby yet, then it may be helpful to know that the definition of infertility is the inability to get pregnant after a year of trying if you're under 35. And trying means you're having sex every other day, days 10 through 20, around when you're ovulating. So you need to be active and active enough that the sperm's getting a chance to get to that egg. The fertilizability of an egg is about 12 to 24 hours after you ovulate, and sperm lasts in the cervical mucus for about three days. So that's why it's the sex every other day. If you're over 35, then that timing is a little shorter. It's about six months because the age of the egg is getting older. And if you're over 40, it's yesterday. So the reason is fertility goes down significantly when you hit 38, 40, and above. Now, with this timing, if you haven't tried yet, then don't panic. 15% of the population has problems with getting pregnant. That's one out of eight. So you do the math. 85% of the time, you're going to you know, have sex just to have sex or just kind of you know, not worry totally about you know, the timing. And, and you know, odds are in your favor, you'll be successful. But you know, if you're starting out New Year's doing that, keep in mind of that timeline if it hasn't happened yet. If you have been trying kind of willy-nilly and you're kind of like, well, if it happens, it happens, and it's, it's 2020, and you go back and you're like, hmm, you know what? We've been really kind of not been on birth control for six months, and you know, keep that timing in that, uh, the deadline that I talked about. So, you know, timing's important and knowing when to have sex is important, but also the definition of when to see your OBGYN or your fertility doc, you know, keep that time frame in mind. The second thing is is age. So, what you want to ask yourself is, you know, in along with those lines about, you know, the under 35, over 35, how many kids do you want in a perfect world? Because a lot of times in my practice, I'll see someone who had a baby at 28 and they're like, it was easy. You know, after two, you know, two tries, two months of trying, she got pregnant, no problem. And then, you know, they, they travel, she finishes her education, comes back at 34, 33, wants another baby. And it's like, wait a minute. Okay, the two periods didn't work this time. Okay, I'll try two more. Oh, wait a minute, what's up? So it's important to kind of think about how many kids you want because if you want one, you're good. If you want four or five, then, you know, that whole timing of when the eggs get older is going to play a role. So you're going to want to try to factor timing in to your career and to your, you know, relationships to kind of know how you want to space those kids. Um, while studies say that the best spacing between kids is about three years because the younger one will be walking and be able to help by then, you know, they're in the perfect world. So, you know, you got to factor in life when you kind of make that decision. 
So an age, you know, unlike our guys that are constantly making sperm, women have all the eggs they have in their life. So, you know, when you were in your mom, your ovaries had like six to seven million eggs in there. When you were born, it went down to one to two million. When you're a teenager at puberty, it went down to 250,000. That's how they calculated menopause, right? So only really one egg gets to be there to be fertilizable per month. So I think that's the only downside about being a woman is that you got the eggs when you got the eggs and, you know, that's that's it. So you have to kind of be mindful of that when you're trying to have a baby because the older you get, the older the eggs are. And, you know, it might be a little more challenging. The other thing are your periods. I gave you a timeline of a year of trying if you're under 35, six months if you're over 35. But you got to look at how your cycles are because if you're only getting two periods a year or your periods are really irregular or you aren't getting any, then don't wait that timeline. You need to see someone like an OBGYN or fertility doc sooner than that because most likely there's definitely some issues that we can find and treat and resolve to allow that target to be there every single month. So if your periods are irregular, you need to find out why and what are some of the reasons why. Well, the most common is reasons people don't ovulate or women don't ovulate is something called PCOS or polycystic ovary syndrome. That's a condition where you have irregular periods with either clinical evidence of uh, hair growth or lab evidence of elevated male hormones and potentially a lot of little cysts on your ovaries. And that can not allow you to, uh, because of the hormone imbalance, allow you to release an egg as well as you'd like. So there's hormones we can test for that can tell us if you have that. Thyroid disease. It can happen to 5 to 10% of women will have underactive thyroid, which is not allowing you to pop off that egg. A high prolactin, that's a hormone produced in your brain that if it's too high, doesn't allow you to release the egg. So that's something that can be tested and can be checked and can be treated. What about weight? Uh, it's important that there's there's two spectrums of not getting uh, periods with weight. So if your BMI is greater than 30, your ideal BMI should be anywhere from, you know, for fertility, 20 to 25. BMI is calculation with height versus weight. And if your BMI is over 30 in our literature, it, it, it's like a getting a 40-year-old pregnant because a BMI over 30, that higher insulin and that higher weight are making your eggs older. So if you find yourself in that category and you're having irregular periods, losing some of that BMI is going to definitely help your ability to get pregnant. On the other end, you know, a BMI too little is going to be a problem with you getting pregnant too. So in our literature, a BMI less than or equal to 19 means that you're a little thin and you're not getting enough healthy fats in to make the reproductive hormones. So, you know, that's something that your dietary plans might need to change when you're trying to think about having a baby. Uh, if you stop having periods, that could be due to one of two extremes. It could be due to early menopause. And so if you're having hot flashes or vaginal dryness and you're not getting periods that way, we can do hormones to check on that. There's still ways for you to have a baby. It's a little out of the box opportunities, uh, but it's something that you can still you know, be a mom. If you don't get periods because you're too thin, that could be due to diet, exercise, and that's where your brain is shut down and not giving you periods. So if you're experiencing those things, then there's hormones that we can check to detect that 
And all of these hormonal issues, including the weight differences, can be managed with diet or medication specific to those conditions or fertility medications. What about the guys? The guys are very important. We need that sperm. It's like the second part of the triangle that we're gotta, we need, all right? Uh, we do need them for that. So 30% of the time, it's a problem with the guy. And, you know, there are several things that for the men in your life or any men who are listening that you might want to check into. So if you men have medical conditions like diabetes, high blood pressure, thyroid, that can impact your ability to make the proper sperm, right? So if you have high blood pressure, the fact that there's high blood pressure can affect your ejaculations and your abilities to get erections, to be able to to get pregnant. Diabetes, if your diabetes is really bad, you can have something called retrograde ejaculation, which means that when you ejaculate, the sperm isn't coming out penis, it's going back into the bladder. We can take that sperm and we can use it and prep it for, you know, you to be able to get pregnant, but it's a process that we'll, you know, talk about in other other shows called insemination. There's also high heat exposure. So if you are in a field of of your career where there's a lot of high heat, like we tend to see taxi drivers, bus drivers. One time I had a year, four guys from Coney Island that were all grilling at the waist level. They all had low sperm counts. So sports figures, you know, you're in high heat environments. That high heat is going to decrease the sperm parameters. So watch for that. Also, 30% of guys have a vein in the testicle called a varicocele, and 30% of those varicoceles or dilated veins in the testicle can be big enough and hot enough that that can affect your sperm parameters. So, you know, it what looks like is kind of a bag of worms, and in one of my future podcasts, we're going to have a male fertility specialist on, but uh, if you notice that, then you should probably go see your primary care and get a sperm sample to see what your sperm's doing. There's genetic conditions. There's things that you could be born with that could affect the sperm parameters. Marijuana uh, can and drug use can be affect this, the sperm parameters. So you want to make sure that you're healthy and there's these conditions are not impacting the sperm. Wait for guys. If you are overweight, there's two reasons why it can impact your sperm. One, if you have a big belly, then the, the testicles are down there for a reason. If you a degree or two cooler for sperm production. So if you've got a really big abdomen and it's sitting over your pelvic area, that's going to be increased heat to affect the sperm. The second thing is that men who are more overweight produce more estrogen, which is going to impact your male and female hormone balance. So we talked about men. The third part of a triangle that I, when I do my evaluation, besides hormone and sperm, is structure. So You know, the other thing you have to look at in your history when you're trying to have a baby for 2020 is do you have anything that could be affecting your uterus and your tubes? So I've had questions in the past where, hey, I had this pelvic infection when I was a teenager and they told me I'd have problems with getting pregnant. So if you have any history of any kind of pelvic infections, specifically the silent tube killer is chlamydia. So if you've ever had that, good that you got it picked up, good that you got it treated. Most people get it treated as an outpatient. But a lot of times what that does is it affects the integrity of the inside of the tube, and the fallopian tube is where the sperm and egg have to get together to cause fertilization. So if you had an infection, you know, the little hairs or the little, you know, they're called cilia inside the tubes are not going to be able to get that sperm and egg together to give you the embryo to get to, you know, be successful. Also, if you had any things like an appendix that ruptured, 
If you had an appendix that ruptured or you had a, a ovarian cyst that ruptured or you had a inflammation of the bowel, any of those things that can cause bleeding or inflammation in the pelvis can cause scar tissue. So your, your tubes are maybe themselves fine, but they're scarred to the sidewall and there ain't no way they're going to go get an egg. So if you have something in your history there, you might want to make sure that that's getting checked out sooner or later. And then the other one is fibroids. So we get a lot of women who have fibroids. Fibroids are a non-cancerous growth in the uterus that if they're there, they can decrease your chance of success. And especially if it's in the uterine cavity where a baby's supposed to be, it'll decrease your chance of success up to 50%. So if you have a regular bleeding or you have a history of fibroids, it might be worth having your OBGYN take a look and kind of see you know, where those are. So these are just a few things moving on to the new year that you want to do a kind of a health check for you and your partner. And I'm excited about you trying. Odds are in your favor you're going to be successful. And I'm excited for you in 2020. But, you know, when you're looking at your general history, looking at what's going on, if you have any of these things, be aware of them and and make sure you get those checks sooner than later because the sooner you can get these things looked into, the sooner you're going to be successful. So, you know, I wish you uh, exciting, exciting baby making this year. And hopefully some of these tips might uh, might help you to be successful. Hey, Jackie, Wisdom and Wellness Podcast is in partnership with the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health. Yeah, and it's produced by Detroit Moms and researched by my mom, Dr. Carol Kowalczyk. The Wisdom and Wellness Podcast offers several other resources featuring Dr. Kowalczyk, including magazine Wisdom and Wellness. If you like what you've heard, tell your friends and please subscribe, rate, and review. Don't forget to check us out on the web at www.mifertility.com for more research and resources.